Welcome, fasting fitness friends. This podcast will be about sharing information and stories on fasting and fitness. Bill is a martial arts instructor, business owner, husband, and father. Lisa is a retired music educator, an ultra runner, singer, dancer, wife, and mom. We have both lost weight and found a healthier lifestyle combining intermittent fasting and fitness activities. We hope you'll join us as we share content that can help both mental and physical wellness. Please remember the information presented here is not to be taken as medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, Lisa. How are you today? I am fine. Hi, Bill. Nice to be speaking with you again. Yes. Always good to reconnect after a week. Um, and, you know, it's been, it's been pretty chilly here in Colorado. We had one really nice day and then we had snow. So, oh. yeah, it's yeah. just nice and cold now. <laughs> That's nice. We had rain because I live in Tucson, Arizona, and we live in the desert. And so rain is like people like do cartwheels in the street. And uh, and it was welcome because it's, I hate to say this, but it's blue sky and sunshine like every single day. So it was a nice change. So, uh, yeah, everything's good here. All right. So today for our listeners, we want to talk about how to fast. I'm sure some of you listening um, may already be um, experienced intermittent fasters, or maybe you're just starting, or maybe you're thinking about starting and you just want some guidelines, or maybe you're fasting and you want to make sure that you're fine-tuning your practice um, for, to the best of your ability so it helps you the most. So we're going to talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of that today. That sounds awesome. So um, I know we talked about it in a previous episode, but just in case people missed that episode, uh, I want to kind of recap what is fasting. And we know that fasting is simply the act of not eating or consuming anything with calories. Um, but there, there's a key component that we really want to make sure everybody's aware of. And that is that really fasting is not eating or consuming anything that causes an insulin spike or an insulin release. Exactly. Insulin response. So that means what that means is even if a product is uh, flavored with lemon or lime or orange, or it's a artificial sweetener that has zero calories, zero carbs, and is supposed to be um, glycemic friendly, your body when you taste anything sweet or flavored, it thinks food is going to be coming and it raises your insulin. So that's why uh, the clean, the meaning of the clean fast is none of that. So what you can have during your clean fast is you can have water as much as you want. You can even add a little salt. Salt is fine. You can have coffee, black coffee, uh, caffeinated or uncaffeinated black tea, caffeinated or uncaffeinated. Um, you can have uh, seltzer or bubbly sparkling water, but it cannot, 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 cannot have any flavors. And, um, and that's basically what you can have. Right. And so a lot, I, I hear it a lot and I see it a lot in some of the groups I'm in and it's always, well, yeah, but what about, yeah, but, yeah, but right. what about, um, and my response to that is always, if you have to say, yeah, but, that should be the end of the question. 
Yes. Um, because that's not that, you know, that's an argument I have with my children all the time. I say something and they, <laughs> and I say, no, I said, go do this. Right. And they say, yeah, right. but no, yeah, but, oh, yeah, but. Um, right. fasting, there's, there's absolutely no, yeah, but you're, you're either fasting or you're not, I don't even like the word dirty fasting. And I know that that's a really big, uh, kind of a, yeah. kind of a keyword or, um, that people like to toss around and they say, well, you know, I, I dirty fast. No, you don't. Uh, in my opinion, you're either fasting or you're not. So you're either sticking to the water, coffee, tea, uh, sparkling water, or you're not fasting. Yeah. Uh, so it's not your opinion. It's a scientific fact. There's data right. and there's, and there's studies. So you're either fasting or you're not. So if you're like, I can't do this and you have a cup of bone broth or you put a little cream in your coffee, that's fine. But then you have ended your fast. Um, maybe you're not eating and you make it, you know, a few more hours to actually eat food that you have to chew, but you have broken your fast. Right. So um, the other things, um, it, and this depends on people. So there's some teas that are flavored, and they will break your fast, obviously, uh, something sweet like a lemony, orangey, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, there's like chicory and there's these like coffee kind of flavored teas. Be really careful of that. And um, coffee, like flavored coffee, like vanilla and or mocha or caramel, like flavored coffees, be really careful because that will make your body think that it's getting food, especially something sweet. So the rule is if it's bitter, <laughs> it's okay. But if it's yummy, delicious, it's not okay. Right. And you're, you're good. Your taste buds will adapt. Um, so many people tell me, Oh, I, I just absolutely cannot drink black coffee. Um, right. and, and I used to not be able to drink black coffee. It was, I, when I was a kid, I loved the smell of coffee but mm -hmm. I could not drink it uh, in any right. form as a kid. And most kids that I know, uh, even the sweetened like mochas and things like that, there's still too much coffee in those for most kids to be able to, to um, enjoy the, the taste of that. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the one caveat of that, of that, and you mentioned the, the you know, bone broth, um, if you're doing alternate day fasting, and we can cover this more in detail a little bit later on in, in this when we talk about windows, but if you're doing alternate day fasting and you're doing a 500 calorie down day, most people, and it's, it's up to the individual, but most people that I've talked to who do a 500 calorie down day still count that time as fasting. Right. Even know that we're breaking the fast. Okay. Um, we, we, we just, we don't reset the timer. Um, and I, I do that for myself as well. If, if I'm doing a, a 40 hour fast or a 36 hour fast and I'm like, no, today I just, you know, I had a really big workout and I need a little something. So I make myself, you know, a plate of nuts and cheese or something like that. I don't, I don't stop the timer. I, I know that I broke my fast, but I eat that in such a short amount of time that we're going to get back into that fasted state. Uh, fairly quickly. Uh, right. We don't re we don't need to reset the timer. You can still count that as a full day fast. Right. And the point here being, you you just said you had it in a very short amount of time, so you weren't sipping a latte, sipping a latte all day long, and having your insulin spiking. Right. I don't. You, I, yeah. You can't go to Starbucks uh, at nine o'clock in the morning 
and get a venti mocha and drink it all day long and say, well, I only had 500 calories. Exactly. So you, you're fasting, you have a little bit of sustenance to help you get through, and then you go back to the clean fast. So, um, so you're still um, helping your body repair and doing your autophagy. Right. Um, yeah. So let's talk about how to get into the fast because I want to talk about the bone broth when, when we talk about um, yes, tricks to ease your way into it. Um, so yep. how would you, if someone said, Bill, I want to start fasting, but I, can't, I just can't imagine going 20 hours without eating at all. What should I do, Bill? All right. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm so hungry. Uh, I, I wake up in the morning and I have to eat right before I go to bed. Um, and well, okay. So no, you don't. There's two ways that we can look at this. And it's really going to depend on your mentality, your eagerness to, uh, to get in, you know, to really get to the point where you're helping your body and your, uh, your, your ability to handle being a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. And right. there are there's no shame in accepting who you are and where you are and where you're starting. Right. So, you're the I need to tiptoe into the shallow end. Okay. Person, then by all means, tiptoe into the shallow end. Oh, I like that. Um, and just keep going until you get to the deep end. If you are the uh, I like to learn how to swim by jumping in the deep end, <laughs> then you, you know, I, I do know a few people who have jumped right into alternate day fasting and have done really well with it. I yeah. could not do that. And I, I'm typically the, okay, the, I, I see this thing. I want to do this thing. I'm going to try this thing. What's the, what can I go for? My wife likes to tell me that uh, I like to do, I like to do the, the most extreme version of whatever it is that I'm currently doing. Right. Right. Um, but with fasting, I couldn't do that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I think people, uh, you mentioned a couple of really important points here. Mindset. You can't be like, oh, I can't do it. You have to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to succeed. So your mindset is very important. And the other thing is you're not going to die if you have a hunger pang. So a lot of people are very, very used to eating in the evening. Like they finish dinner, they sit down to watch TV or whatever, and they have a snack. So just give that up. Like start with giving up the evening snack. So have yes. dinner, you brush your teeth. I, I'm a big believer in when you're done with your last meal of the day, you brush your teeth. And that's for me, that's kind of like close the eating window and um, my mouth is clean. I floss. See, so there's no food in my mouth at all. And then you start drinking, you know, the black tea or water or whatever. And then a lot of people do eat breakfast, but let's talk about the breakfast thing. Cause I know for me, I was always raised with, you have to eat breakfast. And I remember every time I ate breakfast, it made me hungrier. So try maybe not eating your breakfast as soon as you get up. And if you feel like I got to have breakfast or I'm going to get a headache, maybe push it out just a little. So let's say you finish dinner, let's say 7 p.m. And then you normally would eat breakfast the next morning at like seven. So instead of eating your breakfast, you push it out a little later. Ta-da, you're at 14. Right. And that's, um, you know, that's how I started. I started by cutting out those snacks after seven. Yep. Uh, and I you know, did that for a couple of weeks. And then I, and then I cut out the extra drinks that I was having after seven. Okay. Uh, and it wasn't until I did that because, you know, the, 
we already talked about it, but I wasn't clean fasting because I was still having soda and drinks and juice and sometimes beer and, you know, whatever, whatever I wanted to drink, but I was, I just wasn't eating. Um, so I still wasn't fasting right. those first couple of weeks. It wasn't until I started clean fasting that the next morning became easier. Right. So I just want to um, reiterate that the reason the clean fast is so important because it's not about calories in and calories out. It's about insulin response. So that people are like, but, 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 but. So, all right. So let's say you stop eating after dinner and you push your breakfast out and then you do that a couple of days, a week, whatever works for you. I think most people will find if they just do that two or three days, then they're ready to maybe skip breakfast completely. Oh no. And then just have dinner and go to lunch the next day and just do that for a while. And then obviously try and push your lunch out, but maybe you're going to do be a two meal a day person that still gets you 16 hours of clean fasting, almost 17. And so that is, that's really a worthwhile thing to do to start. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't recommend anybody aiming for less than 16 hours of fasting okay. on a regular basis. But when you're just starting out, okay. you absolutely 100%, you have to start where you are. Right. Uh, and you have to start where you, where you are comfortable. Otherwise, you're not going to, most people are not willing to step into discomfort um, before they, you know, before they're ready to move on yep. from that first stage. So definitely always start where you are. Um, I don't think if your goal is weight loss, I don't know that less than 16 hours is going to be enough right. to see a consistent um, progress and, and reach the goals that you want to reach. So that's what I, I, I don't think. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. But I think if you're so fasting is a practice, it's mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, when you're learning how to run, you have to like build up your stamina. So in the first few weeks, don't even think of it, of it for weight loss. Just think about, about learning the skill. And then if you push it out to 18, 18 is good. And I know they say the magic sort of starts happening at 19 or 20. But if you get to 18, that's amazing. And if you are doing 18, 18, 18, and then one day you're like, I, I can't do this. I have to eat early. Don't be like, oh, I broke my fast. You're like, so I didn't go 18, but I went 15. So make sure you acknowledge your successes, please. Definitely. And along those lines, too, I want to throw a uh, just a, a short shout out to Jim Stevens and Fast yes. Feast Repeat and Delay Don't Deny. Those are the books that got me mm -hmm. um, kind of educated about what I was doing because I started fasting before. I, well, I, I started not eating snacks after 7 p.m. before I knew that I was ain't going to be going down this fasting path. Um, and those books and in fast feast repeat, Jen Stevens recommends uh, what she calls the 28 day fast start. Mm -hmm. And that is key. I tell people 30 days or a month. She yeah. says 28 days, Lisa, I believe you say more than a month. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, one of the, the, some of the keys that make that work are that Jen Stevens says, do not weigh yourself okay. for that 20, for that first 28 days. She doesn't want anybody who's following her plan. She doesn't want anybody uh, to weigh themselves because your body is going to 
go through different phases as you get to fat adapted. One of the first phases that your body has to kind of go through is, oh my God, what is going on? Mm -hmm. um, and as your insulin levels are going up and down and trying, your body's trying to regulate things, it is entirely possible that you're going to retain water. It's entirely possible that you're, you might, uh, your body might think something is uh, wrong and try to store fat. So you mm -hmm. might gain a little bit of fat. Um, but that's why it's really key to, to not focus on the numbers and the weight, especially in that first 28 or 30 days or whatever, whatever plan you want to follow uh, is totally fine. But then you need to let your body get to fat adapted before you expect to see certain changes. Yes, I agree. I've had experiences in the past where, um, you know, I'm fasting or I'm eating clean or I'm exercising and my weight will go up and then all of a sudden I'll have whoosh, you know, and it'll just vanish. So um, I do want to talk about being fat adapted. So if you're going into fasting from the standard American diet, eating lots of carbs and eating multiple times a day, you, it will be an adjustment to go without eating for longer periods of time. But if you are a more of a clean eater or you've been doing keto or higher fat, lower carb, it that definitely does make it easier. So if you're patient and you're not in a rush to just see the numbers move on your scale, you might want to consider giving up some of your carbs and sugar at first to prep your body before you begin your fasting practice. Yes, the, I, I absolutely agree with that. The, the quicker you can get your body seeking out its own fat for fuel, the right. easier that transition is going to be. Yeah, being a fat burner. So like I was, I came from keto, the keto world. I was keto for many years and I just fell into intermittent fasting and I was doing, you know, 19, 20 hours a day, like no problem at all. Um, and the other thing is, I know people often come to fasting for weight loss, but you have to keep your eye on the prize. The weight loss is definitely a benefit and it's a really great method for losing weight, but you have to realize you didn't get heavy overnight. So your body, there's a lot of repairing going on that you can't see. Unfortunately, it would be great if somebody would, you know, uh, invent a device where we could see what's happening on the inside, but you have to trust the process and acknowledge little things like, oh, I'm feeling better. I'm sleeping better. I'm, I don't have as many aches and pains. So um, definitely acknowledge some of the non-scale victories and be ready for them because they're going to happen. Right. And if you are, and I, I know I did this myself, uh, even though it, Jen didn't recommend uh, weighing yourself, I was already in a couple other groups that I was um, a moderator in. And kind mm -hmm. of in the middle of um, a weigh-in, not a competition, not a weight loss competition, but just a weekly check-in, like, hey, this is this is what my weight did this week. And I didn't want to disrupt the flow of those groups by pulling myself out of them. So I did weigh myself still, but I, used, I skipped ahead. And uh, the other thing that Jen recommends after the 28 days is when you do start weighing yourself, you should not, you should not concern yourself with the number on the scale every individual day, but you should look at your seven day average um, because your seven day average is going to show you what's really going on with your body. 
you know, like I said, you're going to, your body, your weight fluctuates up and down all day long, every single day without exception. There's, we are not static beings. We are, we are constantly in change. Mm -hmm. Um, so if what you do, if you have an app that does it, um, or you just write down your weight for seven days, divide, add them up, total them, divide it by seven. And that's your weekly average. And you focus on that number. You know, for me, it was always way in Wednesday. Um, and so every Wednesday I was looking at that number and that number, no matter what my weight was that day, that weekly number was constantly going down. Sometimes it was a 10th of a pound. And sometimes it was two pounds. Uh, you know, it just it depended on what I did that week. But I, th- I think that's a really good tool. And the Excellent. tape measure yeah. is another awesome tool. You know, you want if you want if you you're trying to lose weight, are you really trying to lose weight, or are you trying to lose that tire around your gut? Right. Are you trying to lose the you know the flabby arms and the you know measure those and see where those changes are happening as well. Yeah, tape measure is, I think that's a really good uh, data point. And also photos, like make sure you have clothes on, like underwear or something. Go in your bathroom and take, no, because you're going to want to share them. And, you know, take a picture of your stomach standing forward, standing sideways, you know, get a good picture, get get somebody to take you maybe from the back and, um, and save them in a secret folder in your phone. And then every week, look, and I promise you will see, um, you'll see progress. Yes. Pictures are absolutely amazing. And pictures, uh, you know, if, if you ever even think about, you know, how, how is my, my fasting life going to impact others? If somebody would have told me that seven months ago, I'd be doing a podcast about fasting and weight loss and fitness. Um, and I, that I would be moderating groups and that I would be leading people, and helping people and coaching people to healthier lives, I would have been like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, but the pictures are what really get people to respond when I'm talking about my journey. Um, I can post and say I lost 65 pounds. That's kind of hard to visualize, you know, especially if it's somebody who hasn't seen me in a long time. But when I post a before and after picture, people go, wow, that's that's such a huge transformation and it's not just fat loss there's muscle gain there's recomposition there's all of that and so here's a little tip for if you want the absolute best before and after pictures do not use the timer on your phone if you want the absolute best uh, before and after pictures set your phone on video mode stand back up hit record back up do a couple of turns do a couple of different poses, smile, oh. look around, and then you go back and you stop that video, you open the video, and you can actually, phones have it set now, there's a little button where you can screenshot yes. the exact pose or spot that you have the video paused on, and you will get just absolutely amazing. It looks like a photographer took the pictures uh, because great. the the definition on the video camera is a higher definition than your standard picture taker on your phone. Excellent. And these are just for you if you want to share. And also on face, make sure you take pictures of your face because a lot of people, they don't even realize, but their face starts to deflate. You know, Mm -hmm. it starts to shrink um, from the inflammation or their hands. So, um, and also as you're 
uh, starting your fasting practice, don't just don't just focus on the weight. Focus right. on the other benefits, please, 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 please. Because this is not. We talk about this all the time. It's not a diet. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle, and you're learning a new skill. So, like you know, you're learning how to play piano. You start with just a easy, just the right hand, then you add the left. So you're going to be building on your skill set. So please uh, talk talk nicely to yourself. Don't say, oh, I can't do it. Say, yes, I can do this. And I I made 15 hours today. Next weekend, I'm going to go up to 18. And, you know, use support in the groups. And um, we really believe that this will help people. Absolutely. All right. So we talked about what fasting is, what the clean fast is. Um, we have some frequently asked questions. I did want to just throw one thing out. So I came from the keto and I just zipped right into my fasting practice, but I'm, um, I'm an ultra runner. So like yesterday, my husband and I did 15 miles running. We weren't hiking. We were running, really running. And we ran really hard and we didn't get out till like nine 30 in the morning. So by the time we finished, it was noon, which is, you know, sometimes, so, so I'm basically a one meal a day person, like a couple days a week, I'll eat two meals a day, depending on my activity. So I felt like I needed something, but I didn't want to eat like a meal meal. So I had some homemade bone broth that I had made before and I had some around one o'clock. So I still was at like 19 hours. But so in essence, I broke my fast, but I, I want to throw this out as a way to ease into it. If you feel like you're white knuckling it, and you have some bone broth, it's, it's, um, doesn't have any sweetness in it. It's got fat in it, but it still helps me stretch out to when I eat my meal. So even though I'm not exactly fasting, it's still helping me lengthen my fasting muscles. Absolutely. And that again, it falls into the same category. Yeah. You might be breaking your fast, but you're breaking your fast with something that we know is super healthy. Um, you're breaking your fast with something that has lots of collagen in it. Um, right. that's, that's the main benefit. That's the, that's the one main thing I know about bone broth. I don't know much about it at all, but I know that it has collagen in it and I know that that is very good for your body. Um, so, and it's great for the kind of the anti-aging process that goes along with autophagy. Um, so, you know, again, you're breaking your fast with something super healthy and you're also making it easier for your body to take in that food that you are going to eat when you do get home and get to your actual meal. Yeah. And I don't want to start a whole controversy here, mm -hmm. but Jim Stevens and D Dr. Jason Fung disagree on this a little bit. Dr. Jason Fung, and he's working therapeutically with his um, patients, clients. If he's trying to help people get to the longer fast for medical autophagy, he says, Dr. Jason Funk says that it is okay to have a little bone broth or a bullet coffee that's like coffee with a little um, coconut oil or butter in it right? Uh, to help you get through to a longer fast. Because in his opinion, not in his opinion, in is his research, he finds that if people make it past the 24 hours, that's where the healing starts to happen for your diabetes, for your cancer, blah, blah, blah. So I don't want to get into a whole controversy here, but that is absolutely what Dr. Jason Fung uh, preaches to his clients. Right. And, and you said it exactly the way he would phrase it is it's a way of building up and getting to that longer uh -huh. fast. 
He wouldn't recommend it as your ongoing everyday practice, most likely. Right. Um, but he's also he's working with people who are severely obese um, and are you know, he's trying to save their lives. So right. if like he can diabetes, yeah. if he can get them to that longer yeah. fast, and it's just like running. Most people don't say, "I'm okay. I'm a runner today." All of a sudden, I haven't done. I've been sedentary my whole life, but now I'm a runner. So I'm going to go out and run a marathon today. You go out and I know the first time I ran as an adult um, was a couple of years ago. And I went out and I ran about 15 seconds. And then I walked for 15 minutes. Um, and then, you know, but, and you, you build on that time and you build on that. You build on your distance running in the same way that you can build on your fasting. Perfect. That's exactly. And that's the point. And um, I adore Jim Stevens. She saved millions of lives. But I think from where I sit, if I'm advising someone who's new and they want to get to past 18 hours, that's why I recommend just like, you know, lifting weights. You don't start with 40 pounds. You start with 15 and you build. So right. just remember you're building a practice and you're um, building your fasting muscle. All right. So Bill, let's talk about some of those questions. Um, you had a really good question from one of your people about, um, does it matter what exercise you do? Was that the question? Yeah. So one of them was, does, does uh, the, the way that they phrased the question to me was, does the type of exercise I'm doing change your opinion or thought process on, on uh, whether or not I should be fasted when doing the exercise? And my initial response was exactly these words. No, wait, hang on a minute. Let me think. No. Um, the type of exercise you're doing, in my opinion, and all the research that I've done around exercising and what your body's doing in your fast does not change whether or not you should be fasted. What's going to change whether or not you should be fasted is how fat adapted are you? Yep, exactly. How intense is the exercise? Not what type of exercise, but how intense is the exercise, the duration of the exercise, and duration, yeah. yeah. And my favorite is your willingness to be uncomfortable. Okay. Um, that last one we can kind of we can kind of come back to, but for the actual for for the stuff that's actually scientifically um, proven and and provable time and time again, you do not need to eat right before or right after any type of um, physical activity or exercise. Not just because you exercised. Again, right. where that's going to change is um, if you're doing something extreme, if you're mm -hmm. doing, if, if you are a power lifter and you're right. squatting 400, 500 pounds, um, you might need to get some fuel to those muscles fairly quickly afterwards. I'm not going to disagree with any, I, I have a few friends who are power lifters and they're pretty adamant that they feel better. And that's what I think we need to be paying attention to. They, they feel the healing process working for them on their muscles when they fuel af immediately after those workouts. Okay. Um, if you're, you're, an, you're an endurance runner, so you, don't, you know you don't need to eat before you go on a long run. 
but you also know you might need to eat in the middle or towards the end of a long run. Right. Yes. And also if you're an elite athlete and you're running like the New York city marathon and you're trying to break, you know, two hours, then, then you might need some calories because you're doing those explosive muscles. So that's, that's a whole nother arena, but we're talking about the average person like me. If I'd go out to do a long run, I, I can easily do 20, 20 miles fasted. I will bring food with me just in case I start bonking, but often I just need some salt. And that's not something I just like did in a minute. It's something I built up to. So I think the main thing here is that athletes are taught since the dawn of man, the dogma of you got to pre fuel and you got to post fuel. And, and I'm going to say it, it's incorrect. It's wrong. It's just wrong. Right. It's just outdated information. Um, and, and it, it is an individual preference. Like the, there are some people who just may, maybe their bodies do need that. I don't know. Um, but I don't think their bodies would need that if they were fat adapted. Right. Um, I don't think their bodies would need that if they were used to fasting. And that's where the discomfort level comes in for me. And as a martial artist, we have to do things that make us uncomfortable. Um, and, and that ranges a, a huge spectrum of activities. We have to stretch past comfort physically. Like if we, if I need to kick over my head, I have to physically stretch my muscles so that my leg can get over my head. Um, I have to do other things that make me uncomfortable, like let people get really close to punching me in the face. <laughs> that makes me super uncomfortable. I've, I've been a martial artist for 30 years and it's still really hard to not flinch when somebody's punching and kicking at your face. Um, but that I've developed a com not a comfort level, but a tolerance to the discomfort. And I think we have to be willing if we have specific goals and specific desires for our body and for our health, then we have to be willing to be uncomfortable for a little bit. Yeah. Okay, great. Now the other question we had was about, um, supplements, can mm -hmm. they break your fast and medication? So first I want to talk about the medication issue. Yes. So first of all, we are not, we are not, we are not doctors and we are not giving medical advice. So if your doctor has prescribed a medication and uh, he or she, your practitioner says you must take this in the morning with food. So you got a couple of choices there. You can move your window around so that you're eating when you need to take your medication and that would be your eating window and maybe you fast later in the day or you have a conversation with your practitioner and you say first of all do i have to have to take it with food is that just a recommendation what would happen if i don't take it food with food or can i change the time of day i take it or uh, there's a woman in our community who just wrote a book Paige Paige davidson she wrote an amazing book and she um had some kind of health issue and she had to take medication and she had a meeting with her doctor because she was a one meal a dayer and they worked it out that she sort of became a two meal a dayer so she could have a, like a tiny bit of food and take her meds and then still fast and have her one meal so there's compromises so the main thing is you need to have a discussion with your medical medical practitioner and they need to be willing to work with you on this yes and when it comes to the supplements uh, you know, that's a huge gray area that you, it, depending on which group you're in, 
depending on which book you're reading and what website you want to look at, you're going to get a different answer from a hundred different people every mm -hmm. single time you ask. So uh, the biggest recommendations we can make for supplements is one, read the ingredients. Uh, and first of all, make sure they're supplements that you actually want to be taking. Mm -hmm. Make sure it's not junk supplements um, that you're just literally paying you know, high, high dollar prices to pee away your money and your supplements because your body's not actually absorbing them. So if you're taking supplements, make sure that they're good, high quality supplements from a reputable man manufacturer. And you know that by whether or not they list all of the ingredients in the supplement. Um, now, if your supplement has any type of sweetener, filler, flavor, so uh, automatically chewable gummy vitamins, gonna yeah. break your fast. Save them for when you're eating. Take them right before your meal, right after your meal. It doesn't matter uh, if you're going to take them at all. Um, you don't need to break your fast with those because the nutritional value that you're getting from a chewable gummy vitamin probably isn't helping you a ton anyway. You're probably getting something out of it, but it's not going to be amazing. Um, so it's just make sure you read the ingredients. You know what you're taking, what you're putting in your body. And as, as far as supplements go, in my opinion, if you can go without them in your fasting time, um, then you should just save them. I don't know if you agree with that as far as supplements, Lisa. Oh, no, I totally agree. I, I, if at all possible, if you choose, like I take magnesium. So I, and a lot of women have to take a calcium supplement. So I take my magnesium after dinner. I just take it. Um, I do have, I have a little issue. I get recurrent uh, bladder infection. So I take this um, herbal supplement called G Minose. It's a preventive thing. And usually I take it at night, but every now and then if I get that weird feeling in the morning, like I have a bladder infection uh, coming on, I will take it in the morning. And I, I think it does break my fast because it's kind of sweet, but I, I have no choice because I can't get a bladder infection. So mm -hmm. that's just a decision I make. Um, I also take Synthroid. It's a thyroid replacement hormone. And I take that in the morning. I don't know if it breaks my fast, but I have to take it in the morning. That I know it's there's no wiggle room there. Right. So, um, so I take it with black coffee and it, my fast seems to be working just dandy for me. <laughs> and again, you, you're talking about a supplement, not a meal or a drink that you're taking all day long. You know, when you're talking about a supplement, if you are going to take a supplement in your fast, I would recommend if you have multiple supplements or um, medications and you can take them all at the same time and, and that's okay with your doctor, then take them all at the same time. So you get back into that fasted state until you're ready to actually break your, uh, break your fast for the day. Yep, exactly. All right. So I think we've covered enough for today. Yes. And um, so next week, if you don't mind, Bill, I I would like you to mentor me okay. on our podcast because I just bought. Okay, so I have had a horrible relationship with the scale like my whole life. And I'm sure there's many other people out there that know exactly how I feel. If like I get on the scale and the number's not a certain number, it could ruin my day. Mm -hmm. So I, I finally broke down. I haven't weighed myself in many, many, many years, except at the doctor. But I did buy a scale that's supposed to uh, measure your uh, body composition because I'm 60. I'm almost 61. So um, Bill is going to, we're going to talk about it on the air. Uh, I'm going to use this app called, what's it called? Fit Index? Fit Index. Yes. It I think you got the same scale that I use and I've been using it for 
uh, a few months now. And I really like it. And it's pretty accurate from what I've been able to uh, check it against. Yeah. So the main thing I'm doing here is I'm not hopefully not going to get neurotic about it, but I'm, I'm pretty much at my ideal weight and I am working now as a 60 year old woman. I want to increase my muscle mass. I want to make sure my bones are strong. So I'm at the point in my life where I don't care about the actual weight number. Mm -hmm. I'm looking more at my fitness and my body composition. So um, maybe we, we can use me as a little guinea pig and we can talk a little bit about that next podcast. Yeah, we can go through that app and I'll, I, I can walk you through all of what you're looking at because I've been using it, like I said, for a, a few months now. And there's, there, it gives you 11 different metrics that you can uh, that you can track from BMI to body fat percent to uh, bone mass, muscle mass, water mass, uh, and several other uh, several other really key factors. And then you can also input. It has a section where you can input your own body measurements mm -hmm. uh, to keep track of those trends as well. So you know if if you're looking to lose weight and you're just not sure, you know. For me, notebooks have never worked well. They always get lost or damaged or whatever. Um, but in, you know, having it on my phone and my app, and if, if my phone ever breaks, I just can download the app on my new phone when I get a new phone, and all that data will sync. So yes. Yeah, so I want to throw this out. I'm making myself very, very vulnerable because I know mm -hmm. I've had a past history with the scale affecting me. So I am. I'm going to like take a risk and I'm going to use this scale as data. I'm going to yes. use this for data. And I have my husband's a scientist and I'm going to try not to get emotionally, <laughs> emotionally crushed by this. And Bill, you're, we're going to talk about that and um, we'll have some other topics for next week as well, but that'll be one of our topics. Great. Okay. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Bill. Thanks, Lisa. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye.